0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: The Treehouse, Saps Rising, with Danny Baker and me, Louise Pepper. Episode 6,
2: The Old Soft Shoe. Ah, the old soft shoe. Give me the old soft shoe. It should be Frankie Vaughan's birthday, but it's not. He was very good at that. Very good morning to everybody. And here we go again with another 40 odd minutes of fun for old and young without the slightest hint of vulgarity. That's Lou Pepper on the other side of the table. There's much to discuss. We're going to, unusually for us, even six shows in, we've got a backlog of your contacts, emails, and everything else. If this is your first experience of the show, uh, I hope the last one wasn't anyone's first experience of the show. That was a catastrophe, that was an outrage. It, 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 honestly, um, they, that if anyone heard the last show, we, we've apologised enough. Stop on at us. We, tr- if, we tried and we tried.
1: If we were like other shows where edited out anything that went wrong, <laughs> it would have been 12 minutes long.
2: I, th- I think uh, the, the, the one uh, sentence that summed up the last show... Now, everyone's... Said, oh, we listen to that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the one sentence that summed it up was, thank God we're not flying a plane here. <laughs> uh, I think that pretty much did it. But anyway, that's all behind us now because the uh, quality goes in before the name goes on. On. Welcome to the treehouse. Uh, there's some business to do before anything else, uh, and, and this is where it's going to take us. It's Nostradamus' birthday. It's Nostradamus' birthday. OK. Nostradamus. Nostrad- what, do you, what do you know, Peps, about Nostradamus? Uh, he predicted the future, didn't he? Yeah. Well, he did. He did. Uh, by the way... Uh, I bought this off of one of those royalty-free websites. Ben, uh, you're going to hear a lot of this. <laughs> I'm not throwing $18 away. Uh, yes, he did. Mm. But he did.
1: Uh, oh, oh, right, OK. So and we are saying he actually was good well,
2: it, at it. It, it. We waver with Nostradamus. We'll start mm. the show properly in a minute. We've got a David Bowie uh, email you're going to laugh. David Bowie at the moment is billed under Nostradamus like Spinal Tap and The Puppet Show. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, N- N- Nostradamus... Did I mean the, the, the thing is in this modern age where, you know, wonder is always explained? Mm-hmm. Uh, I sometimes think, oh, the old quack. People like to believe it, and it's all in the translation. You know but it's not. When was he? Fifteen oh three. Okay. But he wrote his quatrains in fifteen fifty five, of course. Uh, did your mum ever get Old Moore's Almanac? No. I think he was the editor of Old Moore's Almanac. I think okay. he edited that. <laughs> uh, um, old Moore's Almanac was huge.
1: Isn't that in Back to the Future? Isn't that the thing that it's he get kind he of some sort of thing that like does need to to, to in the yeah when he tries to work out the the baseball scores it, and things like that? I,
2: again, I, I I smile at how shallow we are. We take all of our information. We've gone from Nostradamus, one of the most you know revered seers and sages of the entire ages, uh, and we're saying in back to the, yeah. I think that's. In I can to bring those kids. things back to '80s films. <laughs> well, anyway, Nostradamus. Today, in 1555, he was. Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Here we go. Uh, so that. That was my nose every month. Uh, uh, he was in, nobody knows his birthday. You can find different places. They think it's today, right? But it doesn't matter when it, it, we're recording this, but today happens to be Friday the thirteenth. Yes, it does. And uh, but other places give it. And I always like people who don't know when their birthdays are. Mm. There may be someone. My listening. granddad. Your granddad. Tell us. Tell us about your granddad. For
1: my you. granddad had three birthdays. <gasps> my mum will correct me on this, but it was something like. He thought he was the 6th of December 1908. Then he thought he was the... Eighth of December nineteen oh eight, and it turns out
2: he was the sixth of December nineteen oh six. I love people who don't know. And he when could their have retired
1: is. two years earlier. That was the
2: real, <laughs> Peep, that was the real problem. I, I just, they just, I just, hats off to people who don't know when their birthdays. But anyway, Nostradamus. So nineteen oh eight, and we look, look up, not down. You know, that's all we mm. ever do. Here we are recording the day after the election. We, we look up, not down. Uh, and uh, but Nostradamus really could. Some of his quatrains are too on the nose, and I've looked, and this isn't the uh, interpretation of them or. Indeed, the translation of them, his, and this is, bit, but his prediction of the Second World War is not in 1553. In 1555, 50 yet, 50 he did 50. his oh, quatrain, right. and he he put them out in different books. The first one went so well, he thought, oh, I'm going to look into that boiling pot again. More, you know, it was it, more hits from Nostradamus, further hits from Nostradamus. Now that's what I call Nostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had them all Ten. out. But this is typical, and, and it's not one of those where you have to think, oh, does that symbolise that? A little bit of that. This is what he said about the Second World War. He said in the middle of the 20th century, this is what's going to happen. He
1: actually dated
2: he all of his quatrains are in centuries. 20th century. From the depths of Western Europe, a child will be born to poor people who, by his tongue, will seduce a great troop. His fame will increase toward the, towards the realms of the East. Beasts, ferocious with hunger, will cross the rivers. The greater part of the battlefield will be against Hista. H-I-S-T-E-R. In a cage of iron will the great one be drawn while the child of Germany observes nothing.
1: That's word for word.
2: That's word for word. H-I-S-T-E-R. Now, you can forgive him over four centuries away mishearing <laughs> yeah. that or seeing a bubble where he should... But And it's a pretty grim one. But that's not vague.
1: No! No. That's, that's not one of those people you go and see who says something...
2: I'm getting someone called Dave. No, no, no. He had no, nothing to gain by that. Wow. He, people couldn't care less what happened in the 1940s back in 1555, I presume. Uh, but uh, uh, before we move on from Nostradamus, and we'll start mm. the show properly in a moment, I promise you, uh, one thing I... Because I'm nothing if not the eye that never sleeps. Yes. So I'm researching this. And I noticed in some of his letters, one thing keeps popping up, the sly old dog... They call him Liber- you know, no, no, Nostradamus, but it's, it's, it's Liberace re- l- l- layout here for me. He said in one letter to the king, I've heard the word prophet attached to me. I would not tribute that word to myself. A little later, he wrote to him, I reject the role of prophet. Elsewhere, he wrote, I in no way can b- be attributed the title of prophet. And lastly, I am never foolish enough to claim to be a prophet. Oh, throwing the word, I think he does a <laughs> bit too much there, Nostradamus. <laughs> I'm not a star. I'm just a Guy with an act, yeah. Well done, Nostradamus. And so there we are, ladies and gentlemen. There are other uh, ceremonies we may get round to this morning, but it's the treehouse and your subjects. We are every single subject remains mm. open. If you're listening to show one, not not show five, all right? But show one. <laughs> All the subjects remain open, so yes. you're never too late for these. What have we got there, Peps?
1: Uh, so, to subject today, number one, and oh, this has been Rich Pickens, the only autograph you ever got. <laughs> number two, were you a monitor at school? Yeah, I've got a load on that. If so, of what?
2: You're, 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 you're running in your,
1: well, your, I your was... fingernails on
2: your breast there. What's the story? Well,
1: at primary school, you took it in turns to be register monitor and milk monitor, so that's boring. Senior school, librarian.
2: Were you? Yes. Did you have a little and... enamel sign with librarian monitor on it? Very good. In
1: yellow, which was the did Whitby you? House colour. And I was oh,
2: head of house. Thank you.
1: you all right, yeah, I, I, That's one off being head girl, thank you.
2: I, uh, I... I mean, is it the least surprising thing you've ever heard? I, 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 I was the register monitor for a while. I took the register. Man, did I like taking the register.
1: Oh, you took it? Yeah. Oh, register oh. monitor in our school meant you just took it to Mrs Sarson no, at the no, office no. after I, it was called. I, I,
2: I, 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 was, I wasn't very shy as a kid. No. Uh, and I, I, I could read uh, about the age of eight. Danny, would you like to take the register? Yes, I would. Atkins, Baker, oh, here, Barnes, Biffin, Burridge, Byart, Hill, Howell, How, Should I continue? I think... I've got... Oh, I didn't... The thing is, I never...
1: There was such power available.
2: I never looked down. I did it while looking at them. I could reel off the thirty-two kids without looking at them. Oaks. is Oaks in? I can't see him, but I'd be bang, oh. boom. Yeah, that was Yes, but we'll get round to those. I was
1: just taking it to Mrs. Sarson. I
2: mean, <laughs> you, look feel, horror, you look I horrified. I am
1: chagrined.
2: <laughs> What were Is that all the subjects we have? Uh, uh, no, pepper? sorry. <laughs> uh,
1: three, restaurants with very limited menus.
2: Mm. Number
1: four, things that have been stuck to your head number five surprising things in the middle of
2: nowhere Uh, uh, just one thing I'll give you before the show starts and it is going to start Uh, this always freaks me out this baby's kneecaps aren't attached your kneecap is not attached to any part of your body do you know your kneecap right now it's not attached to anything that makes you feel weird your kneecap is just there floating in some sack Uh, (laughs) but uh, honestly your kneecap is not attached to anything and babies are born without them they grow them after a year isn't that weird? <laughs>
1: it's a bit like how their head isn't all stuck together oh, either. Oh, that... All that, that,
2: to, um, that, that you, you, the
1: fear of the, of the soft spot.
2: It, it pulses as well, <gasps> doesn't it? It pulses, that sort of thing. So uh, uh, give us something on over there. And here we go now. The show's properly starting, everyone. You may have had enough entertainment, but the show begins right now. Away you go, peps. This is from John Rogers. Mm-hmm. Here's a
1: tale about getting possibly the only autograph a celeb ever gave. Mm. Oh. In the late 80s, my mum used to partake in some extra work only around Norfolk. Lots of TV shows visited the East and Allo Allo were camped up and mum was asked to be a French lady visiting a church. It was a long day of filming and as she waited to be called to set, mum went round to collect some autographs for me and my brother. We had bothered her intensely the night before. Excuse me, would she mind? It's for my son's big fans and Julie. we got the late, great Gordon Kay, Carmen Silvera, Vicky Michelle, Sue Hodge, Arthur Bostrom. Very good. All happy to squiggle on mum's autograph book except one person oh. excuse me would you mind madam he looked at her I do not do autographs this from Mr Kenneth Connor <gasps> Kenneth Connor wouldn't sign oh, oh that is a shame says my mum I- I'm a Connor too but I do understand you're a Connor he said yes born one said mum Oh well, madam, your book, said Mr. Connor, holding out his hands, and he wrote, From one Connor to another, Kenneth Connor. Dee-dee. What a lovely thing to have. Problem is Mum's surname's Skinner. We have no idea what got into her. But we have a unique item of British comedy memorabilia somewhere in the
2: loft. Well, pe- people who turn down autographs is always worth uh, always worth examining. Oh. Because um, uh, uh, George Harrison... Would, uh, I've got John Lennon's Spaniard in the Works signed by George Harrison. Oh. And, Len- and Lennon's done a little doodle as well. Uh, I say I've got it. It's my sister's. She lets me look after it. Uh, but my friend went up to George Harrison at Wembley when uh, I think the Eagles were playing Wembley in '75, '76, and my mate Paul, it's possibly even more than me was, well, is, and remains more besotted by the Beatles, as all civilized people are. Mm. George was waiting in the old Wembley Stadium. There was a, a lift that took you up to what passed as the executive lounge. Oh, okay. And he was just standing there with a few other people, and he thought, "I'm going to do this." And he went over to him and said, uh, "George, would you mind signing this?" It was the programme, and George said, "Yeah, I would." <laughs> And, and they stood looking at each other. And my friend, like a salted snail, then had to go. That's that's, that's so George. That's that's great. Uh, uh, oh. d- yeah, yeah, I would. Oh. And the lift doors open and away went George. <laughs> 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 now, any you've got of those, please, out there. Uh, would you mind signing this, George? Yeah, I would. Here's an inadvertent theft. You didn't mean to nick it. Uh, I, I just saying, I, I, as I say, as, as, as even on this day, I'll say, as, a, as an old socialist, I uh, stole a. <laughs> several books from foils. Didn't mean to. Oh. I, I didn't mean to. Years ago, foils. Come on, statute of limitations. And I had them, uh, you don't steal books.
1: i have had some years of struggle, and I think we now know where that can
2: be placed. Bless you. They're all right um, now. I, uh I just had him under my arm and then uh, a mate of mine ran into me in there and said, you know, Tony's outside, he's waiting for me. I said, Tony, and I went out into the streets, started talking to Tony and he convinced me, let's go into the Pillars of Hercules no! and have a half. And I looked down and I had these books and you are going to take back in there, right? No, no. Anyway, so, but this, is, this, is in, this, what I'm about to read from our correspondent, uh, Dave Roberts, uh, makes that seem like the, just absolutely the most beneficial thing anyone's ever done, instead of a Dave stole... After 25 years, I was a member of a charitable organisation, the Lions Club of Great Britain. We tried to do good deeds... I got involved with collecting people from hospital and taking them to and from appointments, etc. On Saturday afternoon, I picked up an old chap at the hospital in Chelmsford. I'd been given instructions that he would be waiting in reception with a card with his name on it. I got there, parked my car, found the fellow, pushed him in his wheelchair to my car, got him in, put the wheelchair in the boot of my car and drove him about 15 miles back to his house. He told me to knock on the front door. His wife will come out and get him. I did as instructed. His wife did duly come out... And she was pushing a wheelchair, as she did. Now, I know, this is inadvertent theft. Uh, Pushing a wheelchair, she did. She put him in the wheelchair, thanked me, and went back indoors again. I drove off with his wheelchair in the back of the car. I put it... I went... I just thieved a wheelchair. There's no other way of putting it. I drove around for a while and then went back to the hospital and left it in the front of reception and did a (laughs) run-up. CCTV was not common in those days. The terrible... As they say on the internet, that moment when you realise you've stolen someone's wheelchair. Uh, That's inadvertent theft. Thank you very much indeed, my friend. Something from you, Pips?
1: Well, we'll, we will go to another Dave, the beautifully named Dave
2: Sturdy. This, for people who don't know uh, the show, and there's no reason why you should, uh, but... uh, we, we like to keep it quite tense at times. Especially when we say, we've got a caller. Because on the last show, I'm telling you, egg all over our faces. Yes. Uh, but as I, when I left here, some of the people who run this company, something else, they came up and said... You had some problems. I said, yeah, we did. He went, this place is built on an old Indian burial ground. So it's not entirely the fault of it, but sometimes the message doesn't get through. Uh, Let's try this. Hold my hand, Peps. Okay. Dave... Dave. Morning. Good morning, Danny and Louise. I'm here. <gasps> <gasps> oh, the spirits are good to us today. We don't oh, need to, hey. have to get the Ouija board out because it was a catastrophe last time. I'll make light of it, but there were sackings all over the place. Oh. S- something I'm not used to. Uh, Dave, good morning. What do you have for us, Dave? What's the story?
3: G- good morning, guys. Good it's great to have you, you back, by the way. Bless you. It's good um, to have you. What I have is uh, surprising things you see in the middle of
2: nowhere. Surprising things you see in the middle of nowhere. Go on, my friend.
3: OK, Danny, we live um, out on the... just on the edge of the North Yorkshire Moors, so we've mm-hmm. got some nice places to go out for Sunday drives. Mm-hmm. So one Sunday afternoon, we jump in the car um, and decide, well, we won't take any maps. So I sat there, we'll just drive off into the countryside and Beautiful. see what we come across. So we're about an hour into the drive, just admiring the sheep and, you know, the hens, the chickens and whatnot in the fields. You know, a lot of stone walls out in that sort of area, farms all over the place. Mm-hmm. So I'm driving along. I just noticed something in the wall as I'm driving past one of these farms.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So I thought, that looked a bit strange. So I put the anchors on, checked the mirror, backed up, mm-hmm. and stopped. And to my absolute astonishment, embedded in the dry stone wall, a microwave oven.
2: Oh, now you don't it, it, well, not see that coming. You don't think it was an original component of the wall that someone in the 17th century I, I no, don't, no, that wouldn't I make don't sense it. that doesn't make any sense. And when you say I don't em- think so. when you say it was embedded in the wall. What do you mean?
3: Well, it's like it's built into the wall. It's, it's as if it was one of the stones, but a very oh. big stone. So it's got all the stones surrounding the actual microwave, and it's as if it is just the microwave is part of the wall. And it's, it's just we, we couldn't work out what it was, so we jumped out and took a couple of photographs. I didn't check if it was wired up. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, I was, I was uh, wondering uh, maybe it's there for you, you know, to warm up an emergency Scotch egg or something like that. Now, but well, country, we we country folk,
2: that. country folk, as we know, particularly in your part of the uh, country. They're always looking out for each other. And the old postman, particularly in these winter months, cycling yeah. by, says, I wonder if old Ben has done what he said he'd do. <laughs> and he gets a pas- He takes a pasty from his pocket and he takes a moment and stands by that dry stone wall and has a hot pasty because of the thoughtfulness of country folk. Did, 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 you, tr- did you say you tried it to see if it was working?
3: No, we did. We just looked at it, and just that was just totally astonishing. We were hungry, so we could think of putting our Scotch egg in there. But you know, we went off to, to have, have lunch in a, in a nearby uh, pub. We had Sunday lunch, but once we were sitting there talking about it, we wondered maybe because the farm's like a good while, good drive up the track, looking at it. Maybe it's there because the um, the postman could maybe put the letters in there. Maybe it's some sort of ingenious, oh, how brilliant oh, postage it is. Is that just a theory? I don't know.
2: No, it's it's a beautiful theory, and it's one we're going to investigate further because you, you sometimes you see exactly that in dry stone oh no those are actually litter boxes aren't they (laughs) in dry stone walls up that way yeah built Uh, in uh, well well, bless you that's a tremendous spot
1: Or back to my grandad again it's I've got a big hole what fills that That Uh, the wife going no do you use that every day? Well, it fills the hole.
2: <laughs> so thank, it's you, going. thank you so much, Dave. That's a beaut. Uh, not only is it practical, it uh, came third in the Turner Prize this year. Uh, the dry stone wall with a microwave half through it. Here's a, a, a tremendous one here, Peps. Mm. This is from uh, Richard Monitors. I was an ink monitor at school, responsible for filling those odd holes at the top of the desk. I generally uh, got the role as I tended to get more ink on me than in the ink walls. Now, this will sound Dickensian, even to You, I think you did yeah, your they, desk have ink, they
1: had ink wells, but we didn't use them.
2: No, uh, the little, so we used little to little
1: shavings cloth. in there and
2: stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's the uh, uh, uh and I, I don't even know if um, they have desks anymore.
1: I uh, think... no, they tend to have um, I think I don't know. Because uh, during my primary school time, we went from flip-top desks to what we called tidy trays. How so you have... you have a little tray that oh. you go and put in a in a cupboard oh. and you just sit at a plain desk and you have your own little tray with your things and you go and put it in and out.
2: How on nice earth did you hold conversations? Because the only way in class you could hold a conversation <laughs> was to lift up the desk and go, Dave, <laughs> Dave. Baker, I'm just looking for something, sir. Dave, I'm, the only <laughs> way is hiding in a desk. And, and of course, a desk is a, the only other reason for having desks in school. Is you can get the ruler and go... <laughs> <laughs> This is about the level of the show, everyone. Now, here we are on show six. And, and on the last show, we didn't think we'd get here, but we did. And uh, uh, we're looking for advertisers and sponsors. Now, don't think mm. I'm walking around with a begging bowl. Let me put that another way. I'm walking around with a begging bowl. At the moment, uh, we've got a few... Bill's Hovercraft School. That doesn't sound legit, does it?
1: No, I I, Bill's I, 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 I wouldn't say it would affect many people's lives. We
2: would, you know, I won't tell you what they're offering. It's derisory. Uh, Bill's Hovercraft School. Uh, Dan, you'd be surprised how many people... To drive a hovercraft. uh, And we're, and so Bill's, well, this sort of thing is is, going to sit halfway through the show. If I'm not, I'm going to play their advert and see what we think.
4: It's up, up, and away when you learn to drive a hovercraft.
0: And at Bill's Hovercraft School, you'll learn on the latest equipment. Trained instructors, many of them licensed by Bill himself, get you in the air with money to spare. Bill's Hovercraft School at 45101 Roscoe Boulevard, corner of the Valley Mall Shopping Plaza, where hovercraft. Hovercraft
2: is a way of life. See, I trust that. Hovercraft is a way of life. I I, I trust that. Uh, But the bit that gets me there is uh, our trained instructors, many of them licensed by Bill himself. Yeah. I don't know, it sounds like something the old man would come up with. Uh, But we'll let you know how it goes, this whole sponsorship and advertising thing. So New Zealand was discovered today, by the way. Was What's it? On the 13th of December. Now,
1: I'd, I'd the, say the people, the, the Maoris may the, the have something to people. say about that.
2: I always say, when, uh, that's how it is described in the thing New Zealand discovered today in 1642. It's like if we leave here and I discover that Cadillac across the street. Oh, look, we've found a Cadillac, Peps, in you get. Uh, but it was discovered today, and it's always worth noticing that nobody talks about old Zealand. New Zealand, yes. Old Zealand, no. You know, I'm just we're, plain Zealand. Zealand. Well, it is Zealand, which of course is in. I uh, uh, say, of course. What does it sound like? It is. Nordic sort of. It's Holland, in fact. Oh, okay. Zealand, which is Sealand. and uh, so it is named after. So it is, yes, as you're quite right of to say. They a, went a long
1: way, didn't they?
2: They, they did, yes, they did. Uh, and as you say, the indigenous Maoris, probably said, "Which they hadn't hadn't bothered, but that is So it's New Zealand Day, everybody. Uh, Something to remember, well, perhaps.
1: Well, stay in Australasia, and they're part <laughs> of that, aren't they? Yeah. Because uh, oh, yeah. Chris in Sydney, I, I gave it the the, the uh, now shambolic fifth episode. I said, "Here's an email from Chris in Sydney," and then didn't read it out. So Chris is sitting there going. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> I sent it in November. And, particularly as, many years and iterations ago, mm-hmm. you asked for stories on the subject of smallest audiences.
2: Oh, OK. Yeah.
1: While at university in London in 1982, my best mate Andy took a casual approach to attending lectures and on his self-elected days off, went to the movies. <laughs> This particular day, he went to see Gandhi at our local cinema, which was an old, traditional cinema with one main screen and rather a large venue. Mm-hmm. But this, on this early afternoon in late spring, not well attended. In these days, pre-mobile phones, everyone travelled with something to read. And there, Andy sat twenty minutes earlier with the choice of five hundred seats in the house, oh. selecting a prime middle seat in the stalls. He settled in and eyes down, engrossed in his reading. He didn't notice that nobody else was arriving. As the lights went down, he realised he was the only person in the entire audience (laughs) and the film was being put on just for him. He felt a bit guilty that the entire staff had gone to such trouble just for him. Now, as you know, Gandhi is a bit long, over three Mm. hours, and in those days, they put in an interval. So halfway through, the house lights came back up. At that point, in the deafening silence of an empty movie theatre, a very embarrassed young lady came in with a tray loaded with ice creams, oh. drinks, ice lollies, chocolate bars, the interval snacks for a hundred people. Albatross. She looked around, looked hopefully on the lone figure of my mate Andy, and she motioned towards her groaning tray. <laughs> Andy shook his head and
2: dejectedly she trudged out. Oh, now you'd have to buy something. Come on, Andy. <laughs> Want Andy a Gandy, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Andy's Andy Gandhi. Gandhi's Gandhi story. Oh, no, that's done me. No matter what <laughs> levels of humour, and there are several on the show, you can say Andy's story, you Andy's story. Andy's story. Give him a, give him a, a, an honorary sap. Oh, oh. So no, crit- I'm revoking it because, because he it's... didn't buy something from the... Uh... OK. When you go to theatre... Oh, that's I mean, so close. Do you go to the theatre? Yes. Yeah, I go to theatre. What why I do?
1: Was, I was ranting the other week that I went to an all-star production at which none of the stars appeared.
2: Did they? Oh. oh. Oh, oh! Furious of Twitter, I was. Uh, but uh, I didn't see that. Oh. But you're quite right. Um, when you sit there and they say, owing to the indisposition of Andy from Gandhi this afternoon, his uh, uh, <laughs> where all the peril will be. No, that moment. I've been to a few productions like that. I saw Jesus Christ Superstar when it came out about thirty odd times. How about you this? You did
1: actually. Yeah, you've yeah. said this before, and I I, I feel it's very unlikely.
2: I'm, I'm going to tell you something now from the uh, one the great bits of gossip I ever got in the green room. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: This would be exactly a year ago. Uh, uh, and, and I'm not in... But, uh, uh, my good friend Jimmy Carr, for he is a, a very good friend of it. He holds the... And I don't know, to curl your lip like that out there, but Jimmy Carr holds the biggest showbiz parties you can imagine. They're more and like he, salons, aren't they? They are like salons. Oh. How is the most connected person in showbiz. I hope I'm not embarrassing Jimmy here, but he has a couple of things every month, and for ages, he used to say, because he has them on Monday nights or whenever. And when you get there... And I didn't go for ages, and he finally went and said, "I'm not going to ask you anymore." He said, "I'm only asking you to come over here." You know, he said, "It's a really nice night, Monday night. Oh, you know, there's a game on usually." Anyway, I said, "Come on, we'll go." Uh, and uh, I took my daughter. He said, oh, I'm going at Monday night, right over." And you have to get the tube from where I am over. Anyway, but I turned up, and it was it plainly it was well healed when you walk in, and there, uh, you know, uh, I mean, one of his parties. Um, uh, Who's the uh, brief history of the universe? Oh, Stephen Hawking. Stephen yes, you said. Stephen yes. Hawking's there. You know, you got your Hugh you Grant, get Elton than John. That really. You get and, mm. and it, but but it, it's extremely well. done. Uh. But anyway, he, he he had this one, and Andrew Lloyd Webber's there now. People, it's all you know. But so I talked to. I started I talked to anyone. Of course, I do. Uh, I suppose Andrew's on a podcast now, saying, and I went in, and Danny Baker was in there. <laughs> There's a chance. So I, uh, I went over to Andrew Lloyd Webber, and I said, Let uh, me start. I said, I saw Jesus Christ Superstar 31 times. Did you? I said, 31. I said, I was one of those who used to battle through the festival of right people outside. You know, those massive protests outside. Oh, right? yes, Mary Whitehouse said yeah. it was blasphemous. And you literally had to battle your way in. And I said, I, I said, after the first week, I said, it even got worse. I said, but you, I said, it's half the fun of it. And he looked at me and he said, after the first week. I said, yeah. He went, oh, well done. He said, that was, he said, we had, we stopped it after about a month. I couldn't afford it anymore. I said, ah! And I looked and I laughed. He went, Oh, I've not ruined things for you, have I? And I said he said initially they were there. He said, But we've got every bit of publicity. Oh, he said, I'm so sorry. He organised, he organised the people on the pavement
1: outside. Now that's happened? why he sleeps under a quilt made of £50 Oh,
2: I've got a great story about him and Chris, I'll tell one day. This one, the greatest showbiz. Oh, it is the greatest, it is, I think so. And Chris forgot to put it in either of his books. Uh, but um, now we're just gossiping. Now we've mm. lost sight of the podcast entirely. Yeah. Even the people outside are leaning in going, oh, do tell. <laughs> but, uh, 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 you know, what happens at Jimmy Carr's parties stays at Jimmy Carr's parties for a little bit. Uh, something quick from over there, peps, and then I'll bring you um, not only another call, because this one's OK. We're going to get the upridden and show five. Mm. Maybe we'll say since it's show one uh, uh, from now on. Uh, give us something from over there, then I'll bring one, you the David. brilliant uh, uh, email we've got about uh, meeting David Bowie, which is a subject which is always open for us. Continue.
1: This is from uh, David Turner. The only autograph I ever got was from the late Sir Alec Guinness. <gasps>
2: Oh, now we're in dirt. Sorry. I do apologise. <laughs> I was just about to tell an Alan Guinness autograph story. <gasps> oh, I was just about to. It's Indian
1: Barrel. Go burial on, it returns. is. They're
2: paying us back today. Go on. Yeah. <gasps>
1: I had to be a bit careful, as in the books I had recently been reading, it was quite clear that if you sent him anything Star Wars related, he'd throw it in his bin. I got an a 4 size print of the Ealing comedy The Lady Killers and sent it off with an accompanying letter and a stamped address envelope and waited. A few days later, the envelope dropped through my door and I tore it open to find the print duly signed by Sir Alec, and it pleased me no end. I then noticed some writing on the back of the envelope on which he had written his correct address in full and scolded me for sending a letter with an incorrect Address. Sadly, I have lost the envelope during the house move, which is actually more special than the autograph. It's
2: a little bit. Oh, wow, with me leg under the table then. Um, That's Sir Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? You might be right because I was just about to say, I have, because you said earlier on, possibly the only autograph Kenneth Connor ever gave. And now I realise, I wish I had a donkey sound effect. (laughs) I, many years ago, read one of Alec Guinness's books, said he never signs autographs. Mm-hmm. Monobies, which I don't, I, I don't understand them. I don't know why people ask for them. And in my career, I may have given two or three in my lifetime. Well, about a month later, I was telling someone uh, who was connected. They said, "I'm going to get your at Guinness's autograph." Cause, like all civilized people, I, yes. um, I said, "You can't." I got your I paid through the nose for it. Oh. Through the great false nose he wears in Oliver Twist. I paid through the nose for it, and now I hear that it... it, Oh, David's taunting you. He sent you a picture. (laughs) then it's like in The Likely Lads, when he's, he's convinced he's got uh, Sherpa Tenzing's autograph. He said, even at primary school, you used to uh, cheat me out of money. You made me pay a pound for Sherpa Tenzing's autograph, and it was a forgery. He said, how do you know it's a forgery? He said, because it said, cheers, Terry, Sherpa <laughs> Tenzing. Uh, I'll tell you one, one more thing uh, uh, about autographs. No, I, no, I I've got to do right. this David Bowie thing. Yes, please. Oh, no, this is good. This, this is really good. This is a great one. This is from uh, Kevin in, in Essex. Uh, "'I was the monitor for reading the cards at the school nativity play "'at Kennington Junior School in south East, southwest Essex. "'My qualification for the role is that I could read my class teacher, "'Mrs Fentiman, affectionately known as Fagesh Lil, to all the parents, "'on account she was never seen without a roll-up, "'because uh, she thought I was reasonably responsible "'for wearing a tie on an elastic on the big day.' I've got no funny stories of uh, burning the cards or having them eaten by a dog, so her faith was well placed. All I remember from my time as narrator on the nativity play is Christine Marr proudly saying, Behold! 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 That was her thing. It re- really was there an H in the middle. And one of the three wise men waiting furiously at his mum throughout the di- entire duration of the nativity. Oh! <laughs> a... I
1: hated being narrator. Did you? you never got a costume you wore
2: your own clothes I I, I, and I,
1: I, I, I mean what a surprise I was the narrator I, I, but
2: I used to love it uh,
1: never I, got to be an angel never got I was never going to be Mary I I knew my limits but you know not even you
2: know I was the um
1: carouser in the inn or anything
2: I was the uh narrator not narrator well had been narrator I I couldn't do quick change and get back on again. I could be Joseph and your Very, you you know, apart from the beard, I pulled it off entirely. But uh, uh, I was the mad hatter in Alice in Wonderland, which we did as a nativity one year. Hugest prop you ever saw in your life. I had the big top hat on. Oh, nice. I I had the big top hat on, uh, which meant as I went out there... If you got the biggest prop in the show, then you're doing OK. And I got the biggest laugh. I, Ladies and gentlemen, a future, from that moment... It really was. I um, uh, had a teacup, which had a perforated... Uh, Miss Mackenzie had perforated a part of it, so during the court scene, I had to say the line, Oh, dear, I'm so nervous, I've bitten the piece out of my teacup instead of the bread and butter. You never heard rolls of laughter like it. They were going amongst the kids, giving out oxygen. Funniest thing they'd ever heard. And I thought, hi. I diddly-dee. I'll have some of this racket. Uh, what are you doing over there, Peps?
1: And we've got another caller. Oh, have we? We have Mike. Oh,
2: oh, oh. Or one. do we? Again, or do we? Uh, Mike? Mike? <laughs> Yes, I'm here. Yes, we're back. We're back in the in the in the realm of the dead. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, oh here's the old oh, Mike you've spoiled he's it teasing now. Us. Part of our ramshackle appeal is the failure of callers to appear. But Mike, uh, would I'm rather... sorry I've let you down. Well, well so Mike, you, 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 I'm glad you were not on the stage when I did my teacup gag. You'd have kind of <laughs> up, you'd have upstaged me in the background. Uh, welcome, Mike. Thank you very much for being with us, my friend. Uh, what do you have for us?
4: Okay, so uh, on your um, podcast number one, I think it was, I think you call it the trailer, Mm -hmm. um, I was sitting on a beach in Mexico listening to you, and you... You talked about a guy who heard you call out his name, Mm -hmm. um, but, of course, it wasn't him. It was a different person altogether. Mm -hmm. And and I've got a similar story that happened to me too. Go on, my friend. So I was working for a big IT, American IT company, um, in the late 90s, early 2000s, Mm -hmm. and I was in Dallas uh, several times a year Mm -hmm. for meetings and things like that. And... um, so I, one morning, I had been out for my anti jet lag jog, oh. come back in, had a bit of a shower, and was ironing my shirt for the day, for the office. Mm-hmm. And the television was on, um, independent news station in the background. Mm-hmm. And as I was ironing my shirt, I heard this um, American trailer voice shouting out. Michael Schofield has been imprisoned and wants to break out. Prison break. <laughs> yeah. A new show coming soon. And it's my name. <laughs> So you hear your own name saying that you've broken
2: out of prison. Apparently, yeah. You've Um, broken out of prison and your whole new series is coming soon. And you're sure this is an ego here. You literally heard your name, did you? uh, Absolutely, yeah. Right, okay. so you're you're Michael Schofield. And how did you react to this?
4: Well, yeah, I was pretty surprised Mm -hmm. and... uh, Several stories. I was able to give several stories in the office about this, and uh-huh. everybody thought it was highly amusing. Uh-huh. But as the as the years went by, mm-hmm. um, I used to get greeted by hotel receptionists or. Car hire desk. Yeah, with people saying, "Oh my God, what a great name, <laughs> um, <laughs> Michael Schofield it, yes, indeed. Yeah, indeed. And if I was in, if I was in a restaurant, um, then you know I would get you know, shown to a table, and the, and the restaurant manager would come over and ask me if everything had been fine. Where no one else got this kind of, of treatment. All on the back of this series, so
1: th- this, this Prison th- Break. It is quite a big series, but, but just for having yeah. the same name as a the character. They're they oh, no. figured
4: you were
2: the guy from the prison break service.
4: Uh, they thought I was a fictional character, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, and, and in fact, it, it, even now, it happens. A month ago, I had to go to A&E yeah. in my local hospital in Brighton, and I was sitting there kind of waiting to be seen by the doctor, and they called my name out, and these group of stag night lads all stood up and cheered. <laughs> And I had to kind of walk past them and look at my seat, hoping that they would all go away very soon. I must say that after all these years, uh, I've never watched the programme.
2: I was going to say, it's a is it a low wattage? It's not, it's like no, a, what, no, it's it been cabled... for a while, Prison Break. But it's not That's strictly, several series. It, if you will. It's not, a, well, I, I'm a celebrity. Yeah, <laughs>
4: no, bear in mind, it's on Fox TV, so you kind of know where it's but, coming but from.
2: It, a but pit, really? it just shows you, you know, the hobbity hoys and, and devotees of it, are so starstruck, they don't notice that he looks... <laughs> does, does, does he look anything like
4: you? Uh, absolutely not. He's got tattoos all over his body. hair, yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. Head> tattoos. <laughs> and just uh, briefly, what do you look like? Um, well... I'm, I've still got
2: my hair, even though I'm oh. the colour, you say? Oh, stop boasting. <laughs> okay. Sorry uh, about oh, that. No, bless you. That. It's a beautiful story. Thank you very much indeed, Mike. OK, no uh, problem. I, I, must, I must say, I, I, I've never heard of it. Well, I, I, now you say it, i kind of heard of the show. Mm-hmm. But the idea you can get restaurant tables... <laughs> uh, and, well, I don't... You know, I, I get the occasional restaurant table, but... Your name, sir, Basil Forty. That yeah. I her <laughs> Same from over there, perhaps.
1: OK, some... this is from Big Dave. Things stuck to your head. <laughs> Morning, Candyman.
2: I've got a good one So,
1: when my eldest was a toddler, who is now a lump of a student, he had one of those toys that you can stick to the tray on the high chair that would <laughs> boing and rattle. Yes. I like this as a good reference. If you know the water tower at Gillingham Tesco's, then that's
2: what oh, it is. Oh, I see. Like. Okay. <laughs>
1: One night after watching an episode of Doctor Who, I thought it would be fun to stick it on my forehead as I am slightly follically challenged. And there I was, toy attached, running around screaming, EXTERMINATE! to the amusement of my son. Oh, the fun we had. Do it again, Daddy! Only when removing said item, it became apparent that I had a very large, round red mark on my forehead. Big
2: old circular love bite.
1: Oh, that'll go soon, I thought. No, it didn't. Next morning, red mark was even more apparent and very tender. I had to wear a hat to work. (laughs) That day, and the next, and the next. Three days for it to disappear. I I left that place of work, but I imagine a few of them remember the day that I had my hat removed because it was the middle of summer and they couldn't work out why I was wearing it. my son doesn't remember it, but my wife does every time a Dalek appears on
2: TV. I've, I did this subject years ago. Um, uh, Big
1: Dave, I'm not sure I gave And the
2: Thank question. you, Dave. Uh, I did this subject uh, years ago, and the amount of, well, let's not be coy here, men, <laughs> who have uh, done that thing with the sucker on, on the, on the uh, mm. forehead. One fella, because they used to sell bows and arrows with little mm. suckers on, and some fella put three... Uh, he was home alone. There was nothing going on. This is way before the internet and Nintendo. So he's making his own amusement, so he got three of them, licked the end and put all three of them and then regarded himself in the mirror, what it looked like. <laughs> and, you know, he, he got that and cut himself a sandwich uh, and then thought, I'll take these off. Well, you know, it, there was a little, little friction, but eventually... And he looked, he thought, oh... And he had these three dots across his forehead, but deep, like, he, like there were three bullet holes. And he said, and then his wife came home and went, as wives are, are, are prone to do, what you been doing? <laughs>
1: and
2: he- Sullivan, I, he said they won't go away. That part, it, it, which well, it, it, says a love bite virtually, isn't that it? it? It's virtually, but apparently the skin up there retains its. Uh, I mean, a love bite. I could ask. <laughs> Come on, like, you, you'll know. You got. No, I've got, got three or four days of a love bite. Hmm. I think, even though uh, uh, when I was much younger, much much younger, I, I used to between two fingers try to uh, uh, keep the love bite going. Was it? Was that on your neck? All that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but if I'd have known, I'd have just got <laughs> myself one of the bows and arrow sets, and I could have done for. <laughs> Months. This is things stuck to your head as well. This is from Cov um, Kov Coxie. Uh, as a five year old in the mid 70s, I had a party piece which involved racing to my bedroom to get my cowboy hat every time I heard Rhinestone Cowboy by Glenn Campbell. On one occasion, I could not find this hat and used a child's toilet seat instead. <laughs> it was the sort that would sit on top of the adult seat so you couldn't fall in. Oh, yes. Needless to say, the toilet seat stuck firmly to my head. It took large amounts of margarine, liberally applied until it eventually did slide off. But it was on there for a good hour. <laughs> I, and uh, if I saw that in a sitcom, I wouldn't buy it, that you actually do get a toilet seat stuck to your head. Sponsor time? OK, sorry. Sponsor time again. <laughs> Oh, one second
4: It's up, up and away when you learn to drive a hovercraft.
0: And at Bill's Hovercraft School, you'll learn on the latest equipment. Trained instructors, many of them licensed by Bill himself, get you in the air with money to spare. Bill's Hovercraft School at 45101 Roscoe Boulevard, corner of the Valley Mall Shopping Plaza, where hovercraft is a way of life.
2: Thank you very much indeed. Maybe maybe these people are you know, the way forward, I don't know. See it goes from here. Uh, something from over there, perhaps.
1: Uh, this is from
2: Rob. Bob who's uh, kind of making up his own topic. Just before you do, sorry, peps. just before, you do. before we leave the idea that the skin on your forehead can give you a love bite for two months. Um, uh, you, only one in 10,000 people, I think it is, get goosebumps on their face... Now, when you get it, I mean, you know, you get the whole or chicken skin, as they say in America. You get that kind of thing all over you. But some people, their face does it as well. Now, that's a horrible thing. I don't think
1: thing. I was aware that I didn't, if you know what I mean. No, I know what you now mean. I now it, you think I think about it. I think, no, it. No, no, I don't think
2: I do. But If you think of something chilling, well, go back and listen to episode five. And you get these, you get the goosebumps, but you never get them on the face. But one in 10,000 people do... Uh, they get the, the whole face wall, which is, sounds horrible. I think if you was a bloke with a beard, they would suddenly stand, all suddenly stand on end. I don't, I don't want to see things like that, but I, I just wanted to bring that to you. Sorry, perhaps you were saying. This is from Rob. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned
1: in the first show the demise of the lock-in after closing yeah, time. Uh, yeah, certainly. And this reminded me of the one in my late dad's local, the Ferry House on the Isle of Dogs. Oh, my
2: mum man was compere in there for a while.
1: Well, there we go. You may well have been there this night. One of the local constabulary often, constabulary often played in the darts team and would be part of the lock-in. <laughs> one evening, my old man was enjoying a couple of after-hours libations with a few regulars, and flashing blue lights were seen through the gaps in the curtains and a banging on the door. Any problems here? The young one, uh, young peeler asked. None at all, said the landlord. Just a little private gathering. The Bobby asked more. You sure there's nothing we're needed for? No, no, all we'll fine, thanks, officer. With that, the boys in blue departed. Following evening, the regular copper came in and said, did you get a visit the night before? Yes, we did, said mine host. What was that about? which the copper replied. But, oh, they fancied a bevy, and I told them they could get oh, one at the ferry house. Oh, oh. <laughs> you uh, you don't you don't need <laughs> us in here? No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's a wonderful uh, inevitably older uh, Will Hay film where down in Devon the older uh, clientele are in it all packed, and every night the local copper comes by and at 10:30, as it was they're up and Come on you luck, Archie going, you go and go? Oh, good night, Bill, good night, Mary, good night, Bill, and they all, they all go out the front of the pub. And then the copper says to the owner, Good night, Harry, so then he closes the door and and then the back door of the pub opens and everyone walks back in again <laughs> and takes their seats. Uh, uh, now, we're not going to get time to get round to this David Bowie thing, because it's, oh. it's a two-pager. But that's, that's that's throw forward to next the middle of next week. It's an absolute belter. And I want to thank Ronnie for getting in touch with it. Uh, once on a show, I, I asked if anyone... This is so... I don't know why. Uh, and it's never been answered, because I like David Bowie stories. I don't mind any David no, Bowie yeah. stories. Uh, <laughs> But you think all the information on Bowie's in, but it ain't. And we were trying to find if David Bowie's ever been in a skip. Now, I, literally, not in not one of his albums, and I thought we were going to get that, but this comes close to it, what he tells us. Anyway, Vicky in San Francisco. If you please. I know. Apologise, Vicky, for show five. Uh, but Vicky in San Francisco says... Uh, Here's a subject for you family members who share the names of celebrities. Well, we've done many times people whose names sound a bit almost ..almost yeah. like celebrities. Uh, 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 Tim Rice, Carolyn Monroe, we've had, uh, and the best ever at this time of the year was the priest who we got on the phone because we didn't believe it, and his name's Father Chris Moss. <laughs> Father, his name's Christopher Moss, and Father Chris Moss is out there. But uh, Vicky's in touch, says, uh, My gran was not an actress, nor a civil rights activist, or a burlesque dancer in a skirt made of bananas, but instead was a diminutive bingo-playing former factory girl from Aldershot. Her name was Josephine Baker. Oh, isn't that lovely? But not only that, my granddad was not a, was not a suavely lecherous cad and a posh fellow, but a World War Two veteran who could be found either on his allotment or at the bookies. But his name was Leslie Phillips.
1: Oh, <laughs> what a pairing! <laughs>
2: Two of them. The pair of them, and Leslie Phillips, I believe, married Josephine Baker. Now that 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 that's a beautiful one. I'm going to give Vicky in San Francisco, oh. uh, in San Francisco, an honorary saptum. Right. Thank you very much indeed, Let's hope Vicky. Phil takes that down. We'll try and do one or two per show to see how that works out, and I think we're virtually at. Shall we finish something quick from? Sing over there.
1: as you mentioned, allotment, and it's Keithy Baby.
2: Yeah. Oh, hello, Keithy. Keithy, Keithy baby. baby.
1: As a keen veg grower, I love nothing more than pottering around on my allotment. Good for me. In the summer, I was watering the beans, felt something brush against my cheek and felt nothing more of it. Carried on tending to the plants, packed up, took the crop home. When I walked in the kitchen, my wife started laughing. The brush against my cheek and the now tingling my, in my beard made sense. A little ladybird was curled, oh, curled up in my sweet.
2: fulsome how beard. sweet. How sweet. That's beautiful. We yeah. are... Oh, I was waiting for a little noise. I thought you were
1: poised <laughs> for a little, a little ladybird no, you've noise. You've got to
2: realise this. At uh, the BBC, I'd have, been, I'd have had my yeah. lady... Oh, actually, still do, learning. That, do that last sentence again.
1: A ladybird was curled up in my fulsome beard.
2: Oh, is this... Been... Say it again.
1: A ladybird was curled up no, give in it, my... Give it, give it some Wellington boot. Come on. A ladybird was curled up in my fulsome beard.
2: Hold on, hold on. That's him going into the beard. There it is. Okay. That's it. That's perfect. I think it's well, my,
1: my wife used a pair of tweezers and a comb to release the ladybird into the
2: oh, wire. Oh, bless you. There's a ladybird in the beard. That's a beaut. That means the show's over. That sand in the background, which is a flea jumping, but uh, we nothing if not a jumping flea show. If you want to get in touch with us, we've got a phone number. end of the show everything falls down everything falls down Uh, no no the thing's frozen here we've got no not (laughs) you again not you no 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 not you again please i'm begging you we don't want any more sponsorship from those people thank you very much let's try this (laughs) (laughs) and suddenly the show ended